Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Trigger warning for extensive conversations around sexual assault, rape, and child abuse. Someplace underneath. I uh, I got I got both my flu and booster shot in one arm yesterday, and I do I'm not sick, but I do feel the taddest bit like I drank too much, but I didn't drink too much. Natalie, that is a go and go. I mean, you just got on the treadmill and ran twenty miles with that. Yeah, they were just like I was just like put them in both both in one arm, and in both the one arm, your arm could have fallen off. I know. What if it did? What would the Target employees do with it? That, I love that it's at Target. Can I get some tampons and some chocolates? And can you give me my flu shot and my COVID booster can shot? You hand me very delicate, important medicine. Thank you. <laughs> and some batteries. Thank you. Thank uh, you, First World. <laughs> yeah. We had some fun over the weekend, Amber. Um, oh, yeah. You had a ladies party. We did have a ladies party. And uh, that was actually entailing actual hangover oh my all God. weekend. Because I brought in this like fresh squeezed tangerine juice. And my mistake is mixing because I had mimosas and then I made margaritas. So now we're talking champagne and tequila. That was also a problem me. for me. I was swapping back and forth no. with a lot of different things. I, had, I threw up the next day. <laughs> a lot like I couldn't leave my bed and I was like was it worth I'm shaking in my bed was it worth oh it oh my god Amber was it worth it you gotta get did you get snacks in there you gotta pat it down I um I usually don't keep snacks in the house cause I wanna be nice looking or I don't know I have a lot of body dysmorphia I guess don't we all don't we all but a I don't keep too. snacks in the house simply because like I would rather eat a real meal yeah but what about at the gathering we had lots of snacks. Did you pad then? I did pad, pad then. Okay. Yeah, when I go to a party, I'll have the snacks. But if I keep like chips at the house, I'm eating all of the chips. What I want is a sweet potato and like a little like grilled chicken. You know what I mean? I'm full off of that. It's actually cheaper. Feels better for me. But I had no snacks that day. But you know what? 7-Eleven has $5 pizza. Not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah. Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. And $5 pizza from 7-Eleven. Ain't that bad. Did not give me diarrhea. 
That's good. No, but I threw But up. you did throw up. <laughs> I did throw up a lot of orange juice. <laughs> Let's begin. That tangerine juice was good, though. Mm-hmm. Have you, can you tell I'm trying to avoid the topic it's we're talking a harsh about? One. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking more about throwing up for a while? That's more fun. Oh, my God. Get ready to scream. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. Where do we begin? Where we'll do we begin? Story. I guess mostly just like a... <sighs> it went to rip out my ovaries and... Put it around. Makes me this topic makes me want to rip out my ovaries and lasso a pedophile and mm. just put it around their neck and just tie it, and tie it tighter, tie it tight until their fucking brain blows up. Fuck you, taking advantage of somebody that can't stand it for themselves. Fuck you. Thank you. you I love that. You don't even belong on pedophile island. You belong on fucking bootstomp island. You piece of shit. Thank you. I love this energy. Thank you. Love this energy. Um. Yeah. So, yes, this is what we're going to be talking about today. So this is a series I've wanted to do from the start of this show, uh, even before we were beginning to record episodes with my little short list. This was way at the top. And it was only maybe in the last couple of years that I realized that this was even a problem that existed in the U.S. really. It's not a problem, actually. It's a crisis, Um, one that is so baked into the founding laws of our country that it is routinely overlooked, probably because it's one of those things that if we had to face as a society what we're allowing to happen, it would be shameful and horrific. And sometimes it's easier to just turn away from it. Sweep it under the rug. Or just look. Yeah, just go. I'm just going to look over at these birds yeah, over here. It's over there. And also my life is hard enough. So I'm right. just going to do that. Which is totally understandable. However, yeah. at, when it comes to the the most vulnerable in our country, I think we do have a responsibility to 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 step in and, and look at it and, and face it. You no know? one else is. So I just want to put this bluntly at the top. As of August 2021, in 41 states plus Washington, D.C., it is entirely legal for an adult man to marry a child. Cool. Only a girl child, though. What? We couldn't stand the audacity of a same-sex child marriage, of course. That'd be crazy. Um, I say man to girl because that's almost completely across the board for adult to child marriages. Um, There are adult women to boy child marriages, but I've only really been able to... Fine record of one so far. One. Um, yeah. In the like s- grand scope. Yeah. And then I'm certain that's not the only one, but that's the only one I've been able to find noted. And it's still sad. And it's terrible. It's yeah. one is too many. It was, and that one is an 11 year old boy to a 20 something woman. That's so, bad. And I never yeah. want to make jokes because you know those jokes of like the teachers that have sex it's with gross. the boys? Hate it's it. gross. And I'm never like, yeah, he hit. Oh, <laughs> rat. I'm like, that's disgusting. And she belongs in jail. Yeah. No, it's fucking gross for sure. So that one is too many. But we will get into some potential reasons why it's substantially more girls than boys in this series. As if you. When I was 17, I was bartending and the... How? I, well, I lied about my age. Okay, okay. I said I was 18, <laughs> Got which it. you can do in Louisiana. Really? And I just needed a job because I had to leave. I was out of the house, you know? And so I lied about my age. And it was one of those situations where like, bring your ID in next week. And I was like, sure, yeah. And I mm-hmm. never would. And uh, then the um, boss's son, who was about 30, around that age, he um, found out that I was 17 and he got really attracted to me. And he said, you're already kind of too old. You should have had children already by 14. I bet that guy's doing great today. What, yep. do, you, what do you think he's doing? I, he wore flip flops. Oh, sorry, slides. He wore slides. Sure. And um, he didn't have a job, but he said he was the quote unquote bouncer of the bar. 
And um, he got into a ruckus fight one day and somebody pulled a gun on me. So I left. So he got into a fight and you got a gun pulled on you. I got a gun because he was like, I'm going to leave and go get my gun. So he leaves. And I was like, if you leave and come back, they're going to come back. You know, you got to be here quick. So he was a coward. He what knew a what treasure. He was, doing. He, was <laughs> he was a coward. But that if that happened to little old me, I can't imagine how many women that happens to. Yeah. And obviously somebody who says something like that is is delusional first off and, and second is probably pretty insecure about yeah, themselves that's why they want the children is because they are that age mentally he was a coward yeah he and, and women purpose. his age would never talk to him no so yeah um yeah so that that is you know i i was dating much much older guys when i was in my teens um you know, you look back and go, oh, because you were like, oh, I'm just so like immature for my age. Yeah, I'm just like, ad- I don't know. They just get how much different I am than the other 16 year olds. Um, So I don't know. You grew up in the South and Saudi Arabia and I grew up I'm a Yankee. Um, So I didn't grow up in an area that was it was not liberal and it was not extremely religious. It was sort of just the lower middle class area where teen pregnancy and stuff wasn't that unusual but I didn't see anyone be forced into marriage though my friend at 16 wanted to get married to her 18 year old boyfriend who would beat her um she did not which is great but um did you did you see that a lot from where when you grew up did you see anyone have like a shotgun wedding or an underage girl being forced to marry Amber um I saw a lot of underage girls get pregnant and then be sent away and then the boys just walk around high school like nothing happened but I didn't see like a shotgun wedding they got to get married where did they go I don't know that's the thing no one knows just disappeared around in the meat (laughs) maybe they got extra meat because it's that baby in there too yeah wow well, I wonder where they went. I have no idea. That happened like a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah. It, oft- it often falls onto the people with the uh, vaginas to take the brunt of that issue. Um, yeah. And what about, I know you were young-ish when you left Saudi Arabia, but they have, I should have looked it up beforehand, but they probably have an issue with child marriage too, right? Because women have fewer rights than men there. Yeah, fewer rights. I mean, I can't really speak to a whole lot of experience because I was only there for a little bit of a time. A lot of marriages are sort of like in-house, meaning in like kind of within the family. Um, people joke about Southerners marrying their cousins, yeah. but that kind of happens all over the world all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, while it is um, kind of discouraged that she's super young, it is kind of like... Well, if as soon as a girl starts her period, then Sharia law happens and then you wear the burqa and like then the laws happen towards you. Whereas I lived in Saudi Arabia before Sharia law. So that's why I can't really speak to it. Interesting. I could just like run around and play and like yeah. people were like touching my hair and laughing. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Interesting. Wow. So, yeah, it's so crazy to think about how recent in time some of this has changed. Um, this is actually changing rapidly in our own lifetime in America also. But a lot of people put that idea of you know, child brides and stuff and think of it as this far off third world country, developing country. Yeah. It's a problem, but it's not. It's here. It's a big problem. Because of points we'll discuss, these girls and on the very rare occasion boys and these circumstances are, in my opinion, non-humans. They have no rights. 
they receive no protections. And even if these women get away when they're older and they become adults, there's no justice for them. Sometimes they're forced to share custody of their children with these pieces of shit. Their abuse is not looked at as a crime. And for this reason, they are missing because violence is so high in child marriages. Some are potentially physically missing, though those statistics would be hard to check because their legal guardian slash captor is their husband. But even if they can be accounted for physically, they are stripped of their identities as people. And for that, again, they're missing. Wow. Yeah, they're missing, missing. They are. You never even had a social security. I mean, you're, you're just a child. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, in certain communities that we'll get into in the series, their kids probably aren't accounted for because especially in plural mar- marriages and stuff, those second, third, fourth wives are might be underage or not, but they're not legal and they don't report their children either. So that's not good. I mean, sorry, a lot of people give up their daughters to these men. The parents do even because they think if she's on her own and if she gets accosted or assaulted by a man, she, you know, is going to get hurt. So might as well have some male protection. They look at it as like, oh, he's going to protect her, even though he will might beat her and hurt her. At least it's coming from the same spot. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that, too, in, in the issues with the idea around the protection of the little girl uh, and what that means to different people. So. As of August 2021, there are nine states that have an 18 and above only law in place for marriage licenses. Um, There are over 30 states that have an age limit somewhere between 14 and 16. Cool. There are nine states today that have no age limit on getting married. No age limit? No floor. No age. You can technically get married to a child at any age. You just need specific criteria. What? So, yeah. I mean, again, that just sounds, it does not sound like something that happens here. I know. And you'd be really surprised, at least I was, at which states have no floor. They call it a floor, an age floor, um, when you have like an, a, a cutoff. Yeah. So you'd be surprised which ones don't have a floor. Wow. And I never want to say like, you quote unquote, you surprised that it happens here, like in a way to like diss other countries. Right. I never want to do that at all. It's just something I'm... We just... It's the fact that we pride ourselves on on this country at, at, with being progressive in like the the front forefront of of movement and technology and thought. And it's just Cultural sometimes... warfare. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's not always true. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. And we'll get into these different reasons why this is still valid in this country or or lawfully valid, I guess I should say. But yeah, I will give you guys resources for you to look into and you can check your state and see what fun age they have. Yay, it's a fun little scavenger hunt. Yeah. So I want to acknowledge the Tahereh Justice Center, which is that is named after a 19th century Middle Eastern woman who was persecuted and killed for doing really terrible things like learning to read and showing her face in public. Cool. Uh, so this organization is a nonprofit whose initial setup was for serving immigrant survivors fleeing gender based violence. But they've also taken on the whole of Uh, the crime of child marriage in this country, which does affect both immigrant and citizen-born children very much. I think immigrant children are at higher risk, but it's still very um, common amongst natural-born citizens. So 
Tahere Justice Center drafted and spearheaded the bipartisan passage of a new law that made Virginia the first state in the country to limit marriage to legal adults. This occurred in the year 2016. 2016, the year of our Lord. And there were still exemptions there. The actual first, first, only 18, no matter what, was 2018. (laughs) So... And it's been an uphill battle and it still is. For example, in the same time period, i.e. the last five years, when they were trying to make this bill pass in New Jersey, Chris Christie shot it down initially, um, citing that it would violate religious traditions. You know, I think, because I read a little bit of this and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but I think some of those religious traditions probably have a lot of money in their church and isn't politics and religion and corporations all just in one little shit basket? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I, I do think it was... I don't consider Chris Christie probably somebody who's trying to have sex with little girls. I think that he wants to keep his money from people um, and he didn't want to rock the boat. Uh, However, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if your traditions involve human rights violations, then your traditions are trash. Regardless of Christie's stance, ultimately, though, New Jersey ended up being one of the few American states to make the legal age 18. Um, Yeah. So New Jersey is actually one of them now. I love it. That's great. You can go on the boardwalk, get yourself a hot dog, join that hot dog eating contest and get married at 18 years old. On your 18th birthday. That's every everyone should get married on their 18th birthday. Um, So some more stats from the Tahere Justice Center as this is of, of August of this year. I say that because due to organizations like Tahere and the wonderful group Unchained at Last, which we'll discuss soon, there's a lot of movement finally taking place. So some things have actually changed since August. I know that, um, but I don't have the exact bills and everything because I think it's still a lot of stuff still being like, you know, all this shit takes forever. Yeah. Um, so this is some s- stats from August of this year. In 27 states, official proof of age is not always required. Oh, just like me with my bartending job. Exactly. Come on in with your ID next week. All right, sure. You got it, Pauline. I mean, for real. (laughs) But apparently in 27 states, that's also for getting married if you're underage. I don't That makes it's perplexing to me because I know when I as an adult woman have my marriage license, I needed several forms of ID. So I don't understand why if they're young, it's okay. It's or fine. To, or to like get an apartment. Yeah. You got to sign over your, like your blood. Yeah. And they got to look through every, like, especially in LA, fine tooth comb all of your information. Yeah. But to get married as a kid, get in there. Yeah. I, it's weird. I don't know what the justification is for that. So that is to say that kids could be even younger than are being reported. Um, Yeah, it's weird. So in 36 states, clerks may issue marriage licenses to out-of-state unemancipated minors. What does unemancipated mean? So if you're an emancipated kid, you technically take on the status of a legal adult. Like Drew Barrymore was emancipated from her mother because she was capable of like taking care of herself financially and her mom was kind of a mess. And so she, if you go through the court system, then you can go through this legal process where you're like, you're you were born and you're 16, but now you're you have all the rights of an 18 year old. OK, wow. So that's something that still happens, like regardless of um, I'm sure that, marriage status. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that has to happen when it does. I'm sure if you're 16 and you're like, get me out, that's like probably for a reason. Yeah. And, and there is a, a pretty if I'm not mistaken. And there's a pretty hard, hefty requirements like series of 
steps to go through to prove that you can function as an adult at that age. And can I, you pay your taxes? Yeah. Can you tap dance around a bank check? Right. And I think that actually is a lot harder than getting married as a minor yeah. to like be emancipated. Um, so in thir- those 36 states, the reason I bring that up, that marriage, it, that clerks may issue marriage licenses to out-of-state minors, it's a huge problem. Uh, some parents... I don't like calling them parents because I don't think that they're making great decisions for their children, but they are the birth parents usually will do something called state shopping when they want to marry off their child to an adult or sometimes to another child. In other words, they have to find out which state has the criteria that fits their particular situation. So there's certain states that there's certain age limits and then there's some states require both parents to sign off. Some require one parent to sign off, that kind of thing. So parents will literally shop around to different states that will like uh, take out of state minors and accept that their marriage license uh, request. Wow. Uh, so in 15 states, clerks, not judges, can approve of all underage marriage licenses. That might not sound like a lot at first, but judges in the states that require them often means that the judge has to take the circumstance into account, make a somewhat moral and ethical decision. A clerk doesn't have that same jurisdiction. So the clerks just have the ability to make sure that the people there are obeying all of that state's laws when they come in. Oh, yeah. You got this signed from this one parent, this from the other parent. You're good to go. Yeah. And but a judge would be like, but how are you feeling, little girl? Yes. In some states. Yeah. There's still judge requirements in some states that they have no uh, the judges have no requirements to ask anything. They just have to be there to prove that the parent was really there. Uh, But then some states with judges actually go through some process, and we'll talk about that. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Um, I wanted to play a clip here of Frady Reese, uh, a woman who I am obsessed with. I highly recommend watching her TED talk um, just for her dress alone. We'll get you in the door and then you yeah. listen to her and she has really interesting things to say. She uh, escaped a forced marriage in her Brooklyn, New York Orthodox Jewish community and went on to form the aforementioned Unchained at Last, which seeks to help women fleeing their spouses while also working to change the laws in place that are there prohibiting women from escaping their husbands. She's a total badass bitch, and I love pretty much everything about her. Well, after she started this organization, she was somewhat shocked to discover that 
the helpline they started to, for women to reach out, she was receiving calls from 14, 15, 16 year old girls. Oh my God. When I was 14, I didn't know what things were. I didn't, I didn't want to see a penis. No, no, no I, I had not seen a penis certainly at 14. And I then the idea of out. like, can you imagine at that age going, going back in your brain and thinking of an adult man like being forced to be in a bed with an adult man Ugh. and like it, usually those girls talk about being coerced into sex with their husband and but they don't know that they have a choice like it's so gross I wouldn't um, even know what was happening no I mean I would definitely have been pretty scared yeah <laughs> I didn't lose my virginity till after high school so yeah um no shame to anybody who lost their virginity earlier. That's just for me personally. I I, I was, just wasn't ready. I was 14. scared as hell. It should yeah. be like some kind of choice or whatever. It, whatever. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I was scared of men um, at that age. Very much. Um, so, Frady. Uh, so she was surprised. She wasn't expecting it to be these these underage girls. She was in a forced marriage, like I mentioned, but she had been at least nineteen at the time. Uh, in that community, it's really more so encouraged. Forced marriage is, is pushed in her where culture where she grew up, but it's not usually like little girls as much as just, you're supposed to be married by 20. Um, and then they get their husband chosen for them. Yeah, we got this guy over here. He seems like a good match. Right, and then you get to like pretend that you have a choice and go like, yes, I accept, but you have to kind of. So she began to realize the severity of the vast number of children who were being put through forced marriage. And those children are coming from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all religions, not all non-Jewish. Non, yeah, not, yes. And also um, secular people, rich, poor. It's it's a problem in like pretty much every demographic. Wow. Um, so that became a new focal point for the group Unchained at Last. They still work with forced marriage for adult women, but also now they've I've been working really hard for, for child brides. She, Freddie is definitely saucy and pert and I love her. She is. Didn't she like keep a little bit of money here and there and put it in a Folgers coffee can? Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stories from these women, but yes, uh, she did. She she had like basically an escape plan for a long time, which oh was- Oh my God. And bless for her to do that. Cause I know I would get a little bit of money and be like, let's go to TGI Fridays, but you can't do that in that community. <laughs> No, <laughs> you can't go do to, that. She got to go to DJI Fridays. So good for, I guess, good thing. <laughs> she had to get to get money. So the typical exceptions to the marriage age are across the U.S. They, of course, the laws vary. But the typical ones are you can marry before 18 if you have parental consent or in some cases, judicial approval. And I want to talk about why both of those are really dangerous. So first, parental consent. That is typically nothing more than a parent's signature on a form. We know that when someone here in the United States is forced to marry, the perpetrators are almost always the parents. Having the parents sign a form before they force a child to marry, it does nothing to protect the child. It does, nobody even asks the child, are you okay with this? There's no interview process at all. In fact, I know of several different survivors who showed up sobbing at the clerk's office. Some of them openly begged for help and there's nothing that the clerk could do. The judicial approval process in a lot of states, first of all, has no criteria that a judge is required to consider before approving the marriage of a child. The judge in many cases is not even required to interview the child or the other party. Not by the way that that would even help because in states where the judge is required to interview the child, what we have found is that these kids are too scared to tell the judge what's actually happening because they have to go home with their parents, their kids, they live with their parents. 
She's right. The perpetrators are the the parents who sign off on it. They're the ones sending them. Mm -hmm. And also when a little girl leaves this community, you're not only fleeing from your husband, you're also fleeing from your family. Often. It's every single pillar of strength and unit that you know. It Mm -hmm. is abandoning all of that and then jumping into the darkness. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, we'll get into why legally you're not allowed to do that as a child bride. Yes, you heard me correctly. You have to legally stay with your captor or the the people that are perpetrating it. Oh, girl. Whoo. That law. We'll get into that probably next episode. But yeah, it's. Ooh. Why are these laws existing, Natalie? What's going know. on? I don't, know. I don't know. I'm laughing because it's so horrible. I, it's like a thing I do. Someone told me my friend died one time and I just bust out laughing. And they're like, why are you laughing? And I was just like, ha, 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 it's too crazy for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 we got It's hard, it's hard. It's hard out here. It's hard out here. So as you just heard Freddie say, there are judges who in some states are allowed to ask things sometimes of the kid. But in 13 states with judges overseeing these marriage licenses, there's 13 of them who the judges approving the underage marriages receive little or no guidance from any sort of law. So in 13 states, the judge can just be like, sign it off? The judge's job in those circumstances is to say, oh, the parent is here, which is more than some like some of the clerks based child marriages. You just need a signature on a piece of paper from an adult. So that's supposed to be like oversight that the judge is like, there's a human that's overage here that's saying this kid's allowed to be married to this gross man. It's almost like a big part of our problem because we have a, you know, we like, as America likes to say, we're the bastion of social change. Mm-hmm. But there's so many laws and so much so much judiciary nonsense that it's kind of gets this happens through it. Yes. And, and this is definitely like we said at the top, baked into... The very structure of our country. In the blood and veins. It is. In contrast, in only 10 states is it clearly stated that judges can only approve marriages of in-state minors. So there's so many gray areas that it becomes very easy to get away with a lot. So there's only in 10 states that expressly say you have to prove that you live in the state. That's still terrible, but it's better than having some parent, quote unquote, state shopping because uh, some states are like, this is wrong to marry your child off. And in only four states, the minor is given info on their rights and resources for domestic violence. Only in four. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the 50 states, so 49, 48, 47. There's nine 46. that you have to be 18. Okay, so there's nine you have to be. Sorry, I'm so so sorry, Natalie. There's so much. There's difference. a lot. There's a lot. I want you to keep repeating it. And I'm it. so dumb. No, no, no. So in only four states, a minor is saying, hey, little girl, if he hits you, here's a hotline that you can call. And it's bad if he does that. Yeah. And I know that there was the one case of the girl, the the, the woman marrying the little boy. It's mostly men marrying little girls. Yeah. So in only four of those states, are they like, hey, if he hits you, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Here's a number to call. Yeah. And uh, four states. Four states and... Oh, man, it's it's this part makes me so mad and we'll get more into it probably next episode. But even if that little girl tries to escape, most violence 
women's shelters won't take them because they're minors. Because they're minors. So they have to go right back to their parents to put them in there in the first place. They have to go back to their yeah. husband. And in a lot of other states, they don't even know that's bad. Yeah. Because it's not in the four states. Yeah. Yep. So that suffice it to say they're not explaining to children their human rights at all in any way, shape or form most of the time. Um, I, again, don't want there to be any case for any child under 18 being allowed to marry. But while these archaic laws stand in place, these children are not being cared for at all. So 16 of those of states that of the 41 that allow child marriage have protocol in place that seem to acknowledge at least a little bit the rights of the child at all. So 16 states have some things, some criteria. Um, they're still really piss poor criteria, but at least they're making some valid attempt, kind of. The other states treat children like they are legitimately property of the parent or guardian. And we must, as a society, as a whole, get away from this concept, in my opinion. <laughs> children are not property. They are people who will grow into adults one day and they deserve human rights as much as any person. If the parent is displaying signs of abuse, the state should absolutely intervene. We can argue and debate all day about what abuse looks like, but I personally will fucking die on the hill that allowing or forcing your minor child into a marriage is a form of abuse. That is my stance. There's really nothing that's ever going to change that thought for me. That is correct. I mean, I could see some judiciary being like, oh, we don't want the government going into some because imagine like the mom homeschools a bunch of kids mm -hmm. and the government doesn't like that. We want to force those kids into a school system and then they go and they just like find something, quote unquote, wrong with the home and say the kids are being abused mm -hmm. and then like split them from their parents. I don't like that at all. But if the parent is like forcing their child into marriage as a minor, mm -hmm. that's abuse. Yeah. That idea of the there should be no government interference there should be sometimes. I'm sorry, but there should be. Children are not things. No. I, I don't care if it came out of your your vagine or you shot out some sperm that created that that person. That child still has human rights, and that they deserve to be protected by society. They do. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. So. Some of the criteria that currently exists in regard to the child's protection. Seven states have the decision made by family or juvenile court. So that's opposed to just being a random blanket court. This, these courts are set up to deal with children. So I guess that's better. Okay. I don't know. With the tiniest judge and little tiniest chair. Hey, yeah, kids, I mean, they probably on. do have those fucking rainbow chairs and shit. And then, but one of the kids that's there is going to have to go have sex with a man that night. Oh my God, can you imagine the, the thing? Like, it looks like a preschool and it's like full of rainbows and teddy bears. And like, are you ready to have sexual intercourse? I mean, I think that's what happens. I want to rip my fucking throat out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, totally, totally. I want to kill everybody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a great laughter right before you say I want to kill everybody. Or it's right after. Joker origin story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just four states require judges to interview children privately. So like Frady just mentioned, that's not always very helpful. But at the very least... If their child is given a moment away from the scary adults around them, 
they at least have one chance to say, please help me. And they're probably, they don't know, they're scared. And you don't know how to speak up for yourself and what's wrong and what's right. You're a child. For sure. Just like Freddie was saying in that clip, like that really doesn't help that much, but maybe it helps one or two kids at least get their feelings out. Um, only, okay, this is another one's going to make me scream. Only nine states consider whether or not the marriage is voluntary. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Nine states. Only nine states. They asked the little girl. If they are in any way interested in this union. Do you want to get married? Nine. The marriage... Marriage should always be voluntary. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, that's the basic, like, do you? Yes, I do. Do you? Yes, I do. Yeah. That's like the the most fundamental thing of marriage before you put the fucking rings on. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. (laughs) So death to you part. Oh, my God. The other states only take the adults into consideration. So... Child marriage is, of course, a global problem with each country basing their laws on different beliefs. So I wanted to look into how this quote unquote tradition originated in the U.S. Well, according to Nicholas L. Siret, Siret, I believe is how you pronounce it, in his book, American Child Bride, the foundational laws during the 13 colonies time period were varied based on the jurisdictions that each you know, region held, but marriage age was not really a moral consideration. So this is from his book. The early statutes in particular demonstrate that the desire to regulate when a child might marry had less to do with a child's youth than that the child with somebody's son or daughter. This was kin-based understanding of childhood rather than one focused on age, with parents preserving the right to decide when their children might marry rather than states forbidding all people below a certain age from doing so. The 13 colonies, which became the first states, demonstrate this trend most. The newly admitted states of the Midwest tended towards statutes that emphasized the chronological age of children as well as their relationships to their parents, indicating the growing importance of chronological age in the 19th century and a divergence from precedence in English common law. That's, um... Can you explain to me like I'm stupid what that is, Natalie? No, I was just about to because it's a lot of words. It's so many words. People back in the day, they were just so poetic. Yeah, uh, it's this is that was definitely like uh, textbook speak right there. But so basically at the time that the, the country was being formed, it was based around English common law. And at that time period, age consideration was not considered something that was a moral choice or an ethical thing or is is the child mature enough or not it really was based around more so because marriage used to be a union of families and like sometimes the girl in old english law would be like 13 years old and the man was like a 35 year old duke you just wanted to like join wales and russia or something i mean for real but on smaller scales too where the family's property would be tied to whoever the husband was. So they they tried to make essentially deals. Um, and then it would still probably involve a lot of marital rape, um, right. but it, the kids were not considered people essentially at all. So- Yeah, marriage was like, it's a very new thing for marriage to be about love. Right. It used to be about just joining households, gaining more property. Right, and love stories were more based on almost fantasy completely. (laughs) Like it was just, usually it was like a 13 year old girl marrying a 50 year old guy. Um, 
but not always. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Mom, I got the job in Manhattan. Do you have a warm enough winter coat? What about your car? I'm selling it with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. How? I enter my license plate number, miles, condition, upload photos, and boom, an official cash offer from a local dealership. A cash offer instantly? Oh, did you call Aunt Stella? She's right there in Massachusetts. Mom, I literally just got the job. Not everything is as simple as selling your car with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it, kbb.com it. So as that mentions, many of the beliefs on female rights were English based, like I said. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying um, I'm when I say boys, girls, male, female, I'm talking about male, female signed at birth because, of course, unfortunately, we weren't having these conversations during this time period. So that's a blanket I'm going to just be referring to gender and sex in those ways. In these examples, I'm referring to specifically the colonizers were promoting these new laws because, of course, there were already people living in on the land that was to become the United States. But I really don't want to get too far into 17th century indigenous law because partly I'm not familiar with it. And also because each region had a multitude of separate cultures that were not a blanket agreement on what constituted who could marry. So oh, yeah, it just wasn't, yeah, it, was it wasn't going on. Yeah, there was just so many people were in their own little communities and yes. they all had their own ideas. I will say though, in general terms, um, from the research I've found, women in indigenous communities held more personal autonomy and were actually encouraged to explore sex outside of marriage before they were coupled together. In general. Which settlers were horrified by the concept of. Cool. <laughs> that women would be able to just have sex outside of marriage. So in English settler culture, girl children were considered more of a commodity, something to barter with where the child's familial status and presumably beauty made a girl either less or more valuable. And as such, age wasn't so much of a consideration as to whether the father would get a good deal on little prudence, you know? Oh, I'm so glad we're living now. I know. I, I know. Mean, as shitty as it can be, it's so, so much shittier. You're selling me for like an ox. Yeah. It would be really insulting. It'd be like it hurt too if like you as a kid weren't even worth that much. And also I wasn't very attractive as a kid. I think I, my my looks grew. Like when I was seven, eight years old, I wasn't very pretty. No, no I was very awkward in that age. I would, no, I don't think I would have gotten a good deal. No, we've made bad deals. <sighs> God. What do you think we can get for now? I don't know, at least a head of cattle, right? I yeah, think. No, something. Give me a couple acres of land. I That'd be nice, I hope. Um. Let us know how you think we're... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Please don't do that. Uh, so... Oh my God, one time. Sorry, this is a side note. <laughs> I did into this like contest that was like the money would go to charity. So the you know people would stand up and be like, how much for a date for me? And yeah. guess how much I pulled in? $5. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody paid $5 for me. Well, what was the high roller? Like who got the remember. most? I think it was like... 
definitely over 20, but I think I did not. Well, get it. okay, but that's still like in the relative realm. Yeah, but some guy got a date $5. Did you go on the date with him? I went on a date with him. Was I it? made him pay. He got mad. He had to pay, but I was like, I'm Ugh. poor. But I, all we did is get some fried chicken. Was Anyways. he a jerk? No, he was nice. He's fine. Ugh. So this was also the time that we established as a country that girls could marry younger than boys. This was probably not surprising to anyone here to make sure that she could crank out enough airs before her pelvic floor gave out. So painful. Yeah. We understand now that a girl 15 to 19 is twice as likely to die in childbirth, partly because their bones aren't done developing. Oh, my God. Their bones are breaking and shit when they're giving birth in their children. Yeah. But then again, death in childbirth was pretty common at this time. So all the more reason to try to get as many babies out of her as possible so we could start the process over again. I read that there was a little girl that was nine years old giving birth. Yeah, we'll talk about some of these. And this is modern. I mean, there's some modern ones we'll talk about that make you just want to go insane. So into the 18th century, children began to be seen as less able to make adult decisions. And when I say children, I'm mostly referring to male children because women were still not, girls and women were not held to the same um, standards. So as again in the book, American Child Bride, uh, Nicholas Surrett writes... To put it another way, the law already treated adult women like minor children in so many ways, especially if they were married, that the transition between girlhood and wifehood was not as significantly legally as the transition between boyhood and manhood. When Justina Davis became Justina Dobbs, the law of coverture erased her legal existence in a way that was consistent with what she had experienced in her natal home. She moved seamlessly from dependent in one household to dependent in another. That she could consent to this transition meant that the legal protections afforded children did not apply to girls in the realm of marriage. So, yeah. And you know what? Maybe this is like a non-gripe, but I was like trying to look up some girlfriends from high school and I couldn't find them because their last names changed. Yeah. So, yeah, this this um, passage goes on to talk about how in this time period, it was in paper that once uh, a girl or woman was married, they became a part of a husband. So their rights were taken away completely, basically. They couldn't sue. They couldn't. uh, There was no such thing as marital rape there. Basically, you were just your rights were handed to your husband, um, which is, I think, why the tradition of I, I don't think anyone passed like boomers really use it but mr and mrs and you say the guy's name yeah full name so in that passage too they mentioned a woman's name that was just an example um saying you know when she went from her birth name to her married name she basically her her legal existence became part of her husband so in essence as far back as colonial times it probably doesn't surprise anyone that for the most part women and girls had no real say in their fates nor did they gain that freedom in marriage there was no real way to populate their new country if women could just go out all willy-nilly making decisions or learning a life skill to support themselves or something crazy like that yeah a lot of people are upset with feminism because they're like oh the birth rate's down because women can make choices to not have sex with us and i'm like listen to what you're saying <laughs> What are you saying is that no one wants to just give it up? They're fucking... Uh, sorry. No, no, you're good. Yep, yep. You're good. Uh, the mindset that women needed to be controlled while still in girlhood, now that there were some age limits being applied in the early 19th century, 
that the legal age should be three years younger for the female assigned than their male assigned counterparts. Uh, tradition that carries on today in one state, Mississippi. Oh, that's where my mom lives. Well, they still hold on to the girls can be 15, but boys have to be 17 to get married. Neat. Very cool. Again, these systems are all derived from English law, which is, in my opinion, kind of Christo-fascist and promotes male supremacy as as well as white supremacy, um, especially as we carry it on into modern society where it doesn't really fit anymore. That's just my feeling, my opinion. The common law ages of marriage were 12 for girls and 14 for boys. Either could actually marry at the age of seven, but between the ages of seven and 12, 14, the marriage would be considered imperfect or inchoate, almost like a trial run for a real marriage. A girl or boy could opt to leave an inchoate marriage, but only on reaching the age of 12 or 14, and only if the couple had not consummated the marriage. <coughs> have you? Did you have sex, 12-year-old girl? <coughs> If, however, a wife or husband stayed in the marriage past those critical years, or if they consummated the marriage at any time, the marriage stood. No second marriage ceremony was required on reaching those ages. The couple could just continue to be married as they were before reaching the marital magical ages of 12 and 14. So, for instance, a girl of 10 could marry a boy of 15. On reaching the age of 12, she could then choose to remain married or to have her marriage declared void. These ages may sound far-fetched, but there is plentiful evidence, both from England and the early colonies, to indicate that children as young as 8, 9, and 10 did marry. (laughs) <laughs> well, I so, guess like in the colonies sometimes because they're like, oh, we got a farm and all these people are mm-hmm. dying and like they and also people like at that time, they considered kids to be tiny adults. Like the concept of uh, children's clothing is kind of new. For sure. Uh, yes. Like all the marketing to stuff uh, to kids and stuff, including, you know, like Pink for girls and blue for boys is like a pretty modern concept. Yeah, you see um, opposite, right? Yeah. Uh, well, pink used to be a masculine, considered a masculine uh, color, and blah blah blah. But that was all like marketing campaign shit. But um, yeah, kids were like working in the farm and like dying on the fields. And like you look at a lot of those pictures, and they're just in the coal mine at nine, just yeah. black in the eyes. And that's the, the in that way they were considered adult like. But in the other way, they were they were considered property in the sense that their parents could just tell them to do whatever and they had to or they would be like thrown into the street. Yeah, beaten. Yeah, so... um, But we've changed. So much. Oh, oh, so much. Look at us. Look at us. I would have survived in the coal mine. I mean, I would have, but... I don't think you would have been allowed to. You probably would have had to like... You would have had to have a husband really young and you probably would have like sewn, you know, did... uh, cooking and stuff it's a lot of work for the ladies you're up just like the men as early if not earlier getting mm. the bread made get feeding the chickens working on the farm sewing the shoes the job is never done yeah it's just like my life um so uh those ages those very young like the seven eight nine ten aged marriages weren't for nefarious like sexual reasons most of the time I think it was mostly because they needed to keep the families going and afloat um but however the you know sexual trauma probably just was like not considered in any way because 
women having sex for pleasure is sort of a modern idea. Yeah, I know. And even trauma, like that word is sort of a new concept. I would say maybe the 70s or 90s. We've been like, oh, PTSD, that's a thing. Yeah, it's because having mental health treatment is definitely a first world thing. It's a privilege. Shouldn't be, but it is currently. And back then, certainly they were just trying to not die of everything like from water in a pool to getting a toothache, you know, everything, everything killed you. Everything. Even in the 1970s, you look at these school books, these yearbooks, they look like they own a car company and they're like 16 years old. Yeah, they're tired. A lot of of chemicals in the air, I think at the time. Yes. Um, So yeah, that's that really young age is how you make a population of 330 million people in just a couple hundred years. Am I right? Wow. One could argue that that's too many people. Of course, no, 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 no. That's that's a witch's talk. That's some kind of demon speaking out of me. Um, It should be probably noted that a lot of these English laws came to prevalence in a time where many people didn't know exactly how old they were and many couldn't read to locate a record, even if there was one. Also, people didn't celebrate their birthdays until pretty recently in time, uh, which is something I didn't actually think about before, but was in uh, this book, American Childbread. Um, Wow. So what you end up with was sort of more of a rough idea of what your age was. Just kind of a- so blessed. Yeah, just sort of like a rough drawing. It's a little bit out of focus how old you are, but you're like, you know, it's generally a picture of what it is. I think about that myself sometimes. I'm like, am I 23 or 32? What am I? I don't know. 46 or 17? I don't know. Spiritually, what are you? I don't know. I'm everywhere. Spiritually, I'm seven years old. Yeah, no, I'm I'm childlike in very many ways, but um, not sexually. Yeah, no, yeah, not sexual. Sorry, everyone. So since people tended to die much younger um, back then also because of lack of modern medicine and people just really at the time wanted to get her done, you know, Uh, this is all in reference to the time predating the Americas. Uh, Also, I'm referring to, you know, uh, the English common law that became the laws in the early colonies. This is when people didn't really know much about themselves a lot of the time. So yeah, no one ever asked like, how are you feeling today? It's like how I'm feeling. I have to go feed the animals or they die. Yeah, there's really, there was only like four emotions then. Yeah, yeah, fear, sadness. Horniness. Horniness (laughs) (laughs) and happiness, I guess. I guess occasionally. Yeah. Um, I think that happiness was just being drunk then because that was the only time your body didn't hurt. So. However, when the colonial times started to kick into gear, the age of majority was actually older. The 21 was the magic age when fathers lost reign over their children. With a boy, I should say. If they had old spinster daughters of 21 still at home, I believe they were forced to live with their parents. My mother was 22 and she had her first child. And at the time, Ugh, people gross. were like, yeah, they were just like, she's kind of old. Yeah. Are Ugh. you worried? You got to get married, Betty. She's yeah. 22 years old. It's gross, man. I, I don't know if people even looked at her. 22. <laughs> Why don't you just get in the retirement home already, right? So basically, when the colonies were founded, along with probably everything else that was going on, there was just a bit of a up and down tug of war with every decision being made. So in the newly founded states, 
Um, what ages do what when there was really a variety of laws set between mid 16th century all the way up into the 20th century where ages and levels of child consent or uh, what adulthood was bounced essentially between seven and 21. Seven and 21. That's a big old difference. Yeah. There was also a war waged between the Catholic Church and the government about who was to regulate marriages, a war that is still waged on to this day. There's a chart in American Child Bride uh, of the 18th and 19th century state laws, which is, you know, in other words, pre-Civil War, um, regarding marriage. They And they really bounced all over the place. They seem to have gotten rid of the aged seven weddings by then. But the states varied between 12 uh, as the uh, age of consent in states like Kentucky and Texas to 21 in Virginia and Pennsylvania. Hmm. Um, interestingly, some of these states would reverse course later in time. So what was considered a high age in, you know, pre-Civil War might not, some of those states might have no floor now. Um, Interesting. Yeah. A lot of those Virginia and Pennsylvania states, I find quite haunted. People kind oh, of yeah. forget about them. Maybe I do because I'm from the South. You know, I know. Excuse a lot me, of, ma'am. I know. I'm sorry. Pennsylvanian born and bred, my dear. I'm sorry. I just think, you know, I, when America, I think of like, because I lived in the South, no, I of think course. of Mississippi, Louisiana, but really Virginia, Pennsylvania, the Carolinas, they're haunted. Pennsylvania is very haunted for sure. There's a lot of shit that went down in Pennsylvania. A um, lot of battles. Uh, and that used to be where the capital was and all that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know what t this says, but now Pennsylvania is one of the nine 18 and over states. That makes sense. So that's good. Um, but, it, you know, it's not separated by North, South, any sort of dem like there are some states in the South that have 18 plus and really strict rules in some northern states that have none and it's it's not, you know, necessarily connected to all that. But yeah, Pennsylvania has been through a lot. She's been through a lot. Did, wait, did you say Pennsylvania is 18 up or yeah. no, no floor? 18 and up now. Okay, good. Not that for not that long, though. Also varied were the girl boy age gap in different states in the 18th and 19th century. Some had the same age requirements for boys or girls. Some placed the age of consent for boys up to five years older than girls. So um, there was, I think, just one state where it was like the difference was like 16 and 21 so oh, the girl, boy had to be 21. So the girls could be 16. Probably because yeah. they wanted him to serve in some kind of war first. Yeah, that's that's definitely, I think, a, a big part of um, the justification for yeah. those kind of age gaps. Because, so the government's still unfairly using his body. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. The boys were shipped off to war as soon as it's possible. It's not like they're having a great time. No, 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 no. For sure not. Um the majority uh, of those gaps were like two to three years, though, if there was a major, if there was a gap between boys and girls. So throughout all this, the laws were more set into place as to not screw over the father, either by not being able to provide enough for an exchange of goods, the goods being his child, or simply because they didn't get his permission at all. So it wasn't in taking the kids into consideration. Those laws weren't in place to protect them. They were more in place to protect the daddy. So this is from America. Uh, yeah. And from American Child Bride. In 1832, Florida made it a crime to fraudulently and deceitfully entice or take away any unmarried female below the age of 16 and marry her clandestinely without her father's permission. The punishment was as much as a year in 
penitentiary, a $1,000 fine, or both. Alabama and Mississippi passed similar laws. I mean, $1,832, $1,000—that's a lot of money. Yeah, it was. It's and, a lot of money now. Yeah. So um, this is basically pointing out the what I just said, which is it the laws weren't in place to protect anybody there except the parents, yeah. the dad specifically um, in this time. And it was just the way that they considered. They, of course, were not thinking that they were doing bad things, but little girls and women were not considered in general of course like you know we didn't have rights basically um and i'm sure people could be like let's look back at the olden times and they had great time i'm sure some people did have a great time probably some of them i'm sure some but i mean look at even today like the amount of fort like young girls that are hurt yeah yep um and so yeah as education is being offered to to women and girls more through um modern society they're kind of like, oh, wait, I get to have my thoughts. The things I think also are a thing and I can have a job and I can contribute to society. That's not good for child marriage. Um, and uh, we are, I think, at a point well beyond a point where it should be eliminated. We're probably going to leave off here um, and we'll get into more modern um, forms of this and, and why we're still here next time. But, uh, you know, just want to throw it out there. Uh, QAnon people, I doubt any of you listen to the show, but uh, if you're worried about covert uh, pedophile rings, it's right in our laws. So you don't have to seek it out. You don't have to find people to make stories up about. You can no. just look right around us. Just look right. Just look, you know, next door. Yes, and, right there. And and next week we'll also talk about arguments on both sides of the aisle, including far left, which make me insane. Far right and far left have different um, defenses yeah. of why we shouldn't make the national age eighteen to get married. Um, I hate all of them, and I will tell you why. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anything you want to add today, Amber? I think that's it. You know, if you listen to this episode. You know, maybe take a moment to meditate and be happy that right now it sucks. Yeah. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of like security laws now. It's just but, you know, it's I'm not in a coal mine. But then we're talking about child marriage today. What am I saying? We are. But you're not in a child marriage. So that's good. No. But also we need to worry. We need to think about the people who are and, and help them. Because uh, that is unacceptable and it makes me enraged. So uh, we will come back to this fun little topic next week. You can follow the show at someplace underneath and follow me at the Natty Jean. Amber Smelson all across the board. And uh, we'll be back shortly. Amber and Natalie is always saucy, pert, and greasy. Hey, it's me, your barista. You know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Well, now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. And it's foaming delicious. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. Now in stores. It's foaming delicious.